This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. Nearly 36 years ago, the worst incident of domestic state terror against the MOVE organization in Philadelphia took the lives of 11 people and injured many others. Only recently, it emerged that the Penn Museum and the University of Pennsylvania had in their custody the remains of victims of the 1985 MOVE bombing, and that professors and their students had been studying those remains. The museum and university issued an apology to the Africa family, the survivors of the bombing. In fact, MOVE members had been harassed and traumatized by police and city authorities for years before the bombing. Today, we'll turn to Mike Africa Jr., the son of Debbie Sims Africa and Michael Africa Sr., who were incarcerated for the 1978 killing of a police officer. It was only in 2018 that Mike Africa Jr. was reunited with his parents after working tirelessly to free them from prison. On Mother's Day weekend, he's releasing a new song and accompanying video to honor his mother, Debbie Sims Africa. And on May 13th, four days after Mother's Day, the city of Philadelphia will commemorate its first day of remembrance of the MOVE bombing on its 36th anniversary. Last year, the city council passed a resolution apologizing for the bombing. I'm now so pleased to introduce Mike Africa Jr., who is an activist, writer, and host of the podcast On a Move with Mike Africa Jr., star of the HBO Max documentary 40 Years a Prisoner. He's a stage performer, keynote speaker, and a hip-hop artist. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Thank you for that introduction. So um, I've been following the story for, for many, many years and have been honored to have interviewed many members of the Africa family. Tell me first, let's start with, before we get to the song and the story of your mother and father, tell me first about what has been in the news, this uh, thing that we heard, this horrifying idea that uh, academics and professors and students were studying the remains of, I understand it was children uh, perhaps, who were among the 11 people killed in the 1986 bombing. How did you feel when you found out about it? And what do you make of the fact that they've apologized? Is it enough? Well, that's a really good question. First of all, I mean, the, the 1985 bombing in itself was such an atrocity and such an egregious act by city uh, city government uh, for for them to come back later, 36 years later, and say that they have these remains of move move children, and that they've been carrying them around for 36 years and passing them from college to college and studying them and presenting to them to over 5,000 students at Princeton University over the years. I, I, I can't say enough about how terrible it is, how egregious it is. And um, we have demands that we want to make um, in, in reference to this atrocity. So this particular uh, apology acknowledges that the 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 bombing itself was a horrific thing but to find out that the uh, remains were being studied basically as an anthropological 
uh, academic exercise. You know, you think you hear of these things um, happening decades ago, and you think that in the 2020s, that uh, or even just the last few decades, this would be considered completely unethical. Do you think that they would have done such a thing? That such an incident would have even been possible if we'd been talking about the remains of white people? I, I can't say that it would. Um, when you understand the history of the University of Penn, uh, their museum has, from what I've heard, over a thousand uh, crania or, or or skulls or whatever from um, from African American people. Uh, they've they've been apparently grave robbing, and um, they have other other dermatologists and doctors from the University of Pennsylvania who have done some massively devastating um, research uh, research um, experiments on people. There's particularly, there's this one, a book was written about it called Acres of Skin where uh, Dr. Um, Kligman did these experiments on men, uh, specifically African-American men at Holmesburg prison. And I haven't, I haven't you know, in, in, in countries where, like in the Nazi Germany, right? Like when 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 they were doing those things to Jews, they were doing that to to think to them. Uh, I've seen and heard of things like that. But in this country, in this day and age, I can't say that this would be happening if it if it were white people. But what I can say, if it were, if it were, if a black man, if Mike Africa Jr. went to a cemetery that was full of white people and dug them up and put them in the trunk of my car and passed them around to my friends from house to house and put them on social media and talked about how these bones are juicy, I would not be sitting here talking to you right now. I'd be in a jail cell, right? So I think that the same uh, approach to what's happening, what would happen to black people is the same approach that should be taken when it comes to Janet Monge and Alan Mann. I understand that you were born in prison two weeks after your parents were incarcerated uh, is when you were born. Let's talk about your parents and your mother, in particular, Debbie Sims Africa. Um, give our uh, audience a brief, uh, the brief story of how it was that they came to be convicted and incarcerated over uh, the killing of a police officer. And anyone who studied the move bombing in the 1980s, 70s and 80s, the city of Philadelphia was basically waging this campaign against the MOVE organization, which your parents' story is a part of, right? Correct. So, yeah, I mean, at, just like the Black Panthers, just like Martin Luther King, just like Malcolm X, there are you know, members of the organization were speaking the truth, talking about issues in society that need to be changed or abolished, like police brutality or unjust jail sentences for, for people from judges and politicians lying to people about, you know, trying to help, but actually we're not actually trying to help at all. Um, we talked about the discrimination and because of the, the, the language and the information, we became targets, just like those people that I named. Anybody that speaks the truth becomes a target. And that's exactly what happened. So um, MOVE had been targeted. My parents were part of the organization um, in 1978 and they were arrested and they spent 40 years in prison because of that um, injustice in the, in the legal system. So in 2018, your parents were finally freed. They'd been, I understand, um, sentenced to 100 years. Um, so you waged a long battle to, to free them along with others. What was that reunion like? And how does that feed into the song that you wrote for her that you'll be releasing the video to on Mother's Day? 
Yeah. Um, you know, the feeling was really, really like euphoric. It, it was, it was like, I guess intoxicating. It was, it was hard to believe that it was real. I felt like I was floating on air. Right. Um, the, 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 there was also a feeling of relief. The fact that my mother would not die in prison, the fact that she'll get a chance to breathe some free air, the fact that she'll get a chance to choose what she wanted to eat for lunch or dinner, the fact that she would get a chance to hug her children, her grandchildren, unrestricted. She could talk on the phone to her family, unrestricted, unmonitored. Uh, you know, there was such a relief that that went along with the feeling, the the the, feel, the feeling of euphoria. So, um, and and when I wrote the song "Fly Baby," it was a song. What I had in mind was, you know, now she's free, you know, and 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 free to like a bird, you know, endless opportunity, endless, you know, wherever you want to go, there's nothing stopping you. And that's, that's what the song is, is for. And that's what, what, what the title represents, Freedom. The song will be released. The video of the song Fly Baby will be released on Mother's Day weekend. We have a sneak preview, a short trailer of the song that we'd like to play for our audience by my guest, Mike Africa Jr. depict your parents in this video as a queen and a king. Tell me about the visuals to the video and how you wanted to showcase their freedom through this almost a sense of opulence. You know, uh, I wanted them to feel like the way I feel about them, like they're royalty. And I wanted that to come across. And so when um, myself and uh, Mayori uh, Cameron Holmes was figuring out the direction of the of it, um, and, and Rashid, we were talking about what these that are your collaborators like. on the song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, the director and and the, um, the DP and the producers. So they 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 we 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 collaborated on what the idea would be, and they came up with the look and the the styles. And there's a great there's a whole team, Kate and Katie, and there's this whole team of people that just kind of work together, and you collaborate to put it all together. And I had my vision, and they you know uh, helped the vision come to life. So this song is a love letter to your mother and your parents at large, I imagine. It was. Um, it, you know. My, the interesting thing was when my mother came home that day that we were in the car and I was driving her home, what she said to me was fly. She said, you are free. She said, now that I'm home, all of the things that you wanted to do that you put on hold because you were waiting for me to come home. Hmm. You don't have to put them on hold anymore. You are free and I want you to fly baby. And that's where the idea came from. But when she said that to me, the, the interesting thing was I was thinking the same exact thing about her. You know, you all these things that you wanted to do, these plans that you had, you, she had a life that she wanted to lead in mind. She had this, these, these ideas and marriage to her husband and kids and grandkids. And she had this whole thing in her mind that she wanted to you know, be a part of. And because she had been gone for so long, she wasn't able to be. So now that she was home, she was free. So my, my thing was, this song is for you. I want you to be free. That's, you, that's you didn't get to grow up with her around you as a mother. I imagine that your only contact with her was as a visitor in the, in the, in the prison where she was being held, right? 
Yeah, uh, I got uh, 15 minute phone calls mm -hmm. and that was an increase uh, from the five minute phone calls that had been in place 20 year, for 20 years before. Uh, and yeah, we got, I, I would visit her once or maybe twice a year for the second half of my life. But before that, you know, sometimes once a year, it, if I was lucky. You were six years old when the city of Philadelphia then bombed the move house on Osage Avenue? Correct. I don't know if you, I mean, do you have any memory of that time? I remember it vividly. Mm -hmm. I remember watching the smoke in the air. I remember wondering who was in the house. I remember watching my family watch the TV as my other family was actually at the house screaming for the police and Wilson Good to stop. This is the mayor, Mayor Wilson Good, the first black mayor of Philadelphia. Mm. Correct. The first black mayor of Philadelphia who participated in and was aware of what was going on and uh, authorized every attack on the MOVE organization that day. So the city of Philadelphia last year apologized to the MOVE organization, to the family, to your family. What did you make of that apology? Um, was it enough? Did it go a ways toward acknowledging the trauma and the pain and the, the scars? Not at all. Uh, first of all, the city of Philadelphia did not apologize, just to make it mm. very clear. It was the city council. I see. And the, the city council passed a resolution, I see. Council did. And, and that city councilwoman by the name of Jamie Gautier, she put it in place because we asked her to. And the reason we asked her to is because we're moving and we're trying to get things done. And so we felt that I felt that there was that apology would support the mission that we're on. Uh, but the city of Philadelphia actually rejected it. Uh, uh, mayor Kenny said, we're not apologizing. He said the other mayor apologized and the city of Philadelphia is not participating or taking part in that at all. 11 people were killed, five of them children under the age of 14. The youngest, Tomasa Africa, was aged only nine. So um, May 13th is the first day of remembrance of the MOVE bombing. Um, and is that going to be a, an annual, a sort of a yearly remembrance? Or has that been marked before? Well, I think, you know, in certain situations, there, there are times when you can celebrate and there are times where you have to put the presence away and roll up your sleeves. This one is not, this year is not a year that we expect to get on the stage and sing and dance and use this as an opportunity to celebrate. Right now we're dealing with a serious issue where our sister's remains were found at this Penn University and, and Princeton part of taking part of, in it too. And we have to investigate and figure out what else is going on because there was two people that they admitted to having but there are 11 people that were murdered. So where are the rest of the people? We can't be sure that, um, that they don't have the other people in a vault or in a drawer or in a box on some desk somewhere either. So this is a time this year we're using that to talk about that issue and, um, and, and deal with that. 
There is one more person who remains imprisoned, uh, who was uh, at least affiliated with the MOVE organization as the only journalist who covered it, and that's Mumia Abu-Jamal, a, a political prisoner, a journalist, a commentator. We air his commentaries regularly on our program. He is just recovering from some very, very serious health issues. Um, and, and there's a new DA in Philadelphia, Larry Krasner, who is being pressured to do something about his case. He's case too. Isn't it also an indication of the uh, racial uh, uh, injustice of the criminal justice system in Philadelphia? I think that if Mumia Abu-Jamal had died and Daniel Faulkner had lived. This is the officer he was accused of killing. Yes. The officer, if if Mumia Abu-Jamal had died and the officer that did get killed, Officer Daniel Faulkner, that Mumia was accused of killing, Daniel Faulkner would not be in prison. So I think that it's not only an issue of race, but it's also an issue of inequality. The police get full, full and free reign to, to kill and torture and torment. I mean, we just saw last year, Walter Wallace Jr. was shot and killed by the police and the police suffered no, no consequence for that. If that was a black person that killed someone, they would be in prison and, and they wouldn't even need to see a tape or video or cell phone footage to say that this person killed someone or not. Well, and your own parents, right, were basically incarcerated over the killing of a police officer and, and were in prison for 40 years. 40 years, and they're still on parole for the next 58. And so oh, wow. there's, a, there's a huge disparity amongst um, uh, the officials in this city and how they view Black people and how they view uh, poor people, and something needs to change. Mike Africa Jr., your uh, song Fly Baby coming out on Mother's Day weekend. How can our audience watch the full video when it's out? Where, they, where can they get a hold of the song? They can get a hold to it on my page, on my YouTube page, um, Mike Africa Jr. I'll be posting different things on my social media. Plus, also, Suzanne Christine is also um, featured in this song, and they, she'll, she'll be posting, too. You got to listen to Suzanne Christine. She's a very talented, very special voice. She's a very talented singer and performer, and she blessed me with, you know, um, being a part of this. Suzanne Christine will be posting on her Instagram page. For the people who don't really understand who MOVE is, we created a 72-page um, a, a book or pamphlet um, to explain the history of the MOVE organization. It's called 50 Years on a MOVE. People can go to my website and get that information, which is also where you can find the link for the song at www.mikeafricajr.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike Africa Jr. Best of luck to you with a song, with spending time with your mother on Mother's Day. Thank you very much, Sonali. My guest has been Mike Africa Jr. He's an activist, writer, host of the podcast On a Move with Mike Africa Jr., star of the HBO Max documentary 40 Years a Prisoner. He's a stage performer, keynote speaker, and a hip-hop artist. The video of his song Fly Baby will be out Mother's Day weekend. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. We're online at risingupwithsonali.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, find our audio podcast on iTunes, and Spotify.